Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank good. you. Have a little problem here with, uh, you know, what's going on with the virus and what's going on with our president, what's going yeah. on with our liberties. Same old stuff that's been going on for a long time. And we have a little bit of information that we can say, well, moving in the right direction. It's more harm done, but wake up more people. That's yeah. about the best we can do at the moment. But we certainly need uh, to keep after this. And uh, right now, all of a sudden, when things have improved, you know, a couple of months ago, things were improving. They were opening up and people were excited and the economy was picking up. Then all of a sudden it was reversed. Uh, it was too good. And uh, if, if you're in the business of controlling people, you don't want things to be too good. People could take care of themselves. Yeah. But you have to have it where they're dependent on the government. So therefore, the, um, the epidemic had to be restored. Uh, they had, they had an easier time uh, terrorizing the people and scaring them into uh, you know, submission, submission to the government. But now it was getting better, so they had to do something. So all of a sudden, oh, this virus uh, is a variant, variant virus now, and it's killing people, which they've never proved. Matter of fact, they can't even prove who really had it and who didn't have it. This test for specifics on, on this variant is no more precise than it was in the early years uh, with COVID. But our governor uh, is on the receiving end, as well as the Florida governor on the receiving end, and got the attention of the president. Yeah. The president said, hey, look, you guys moving too fast. We, we need to slow it up. We don't want you to prove that, uh, that the red states are doing better than the blue states. Somebody might want to move to your states yeah. and uh, get more congressmen to represent you. So, so Biden is uh, out there, and uh, his old tool is government uh, government rules and regulations and taxation and um, th there's various means you can do this you can uh, raise taxes uh, increase regulations threaten people uh, undermine the system get people to do the dirty work for you get the corporations for rewards they will follow the orders of the government and we've seen that before and we've uh, talked about it that they are in many ways at least the big corporations and a lot of the social media are nothing more than the arm of the government to be yeah. used as a weapon against the people today we wanted to spend a little bit of time at least on what uh, Biden is specifically doing and he uh, you know, it sounds like, well, he's a threat to a business, but I'd say to you, a threat to business, yes, but is he a threat to the businessman that does special deals with China? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, those deals don't seem to be charged. So if the uh, if the deals are a little, a little on the shady side, uh, we don't even know they exist. But people who want to live in a free society uh, and doing well, then... Uh, and a governor comes up and changes the rules to improve the state. Uh, DeSantis has been good all along, and our governor has gotten better, and the state is doing better. So that can't go. So I think the president feels under the gun that we have to knock them down a few notches. The question is, can he get away with it? Yeah. Will everybody roll over? Will everybody do what they uh, are told to do? And will they roll over and make the economy bad again? And uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I'm hoping the American people are not as submissive as they were a year and a half ago. Yeah. 
We well, you know a lot has been written about the social credit system that was introduced in China, and it's not a specific one system, it's a sort of a, a mixture of systems, but it really went into, into, into force in 2014. A lot of what's mentioned here is hyperbolic about what the system is, but I think there's enough that's objectively true about it that should be very chilling. Now, sometimes things come together nicely for us when we're doing the show, and sometimes they don't. But today we had a really interesting article. Kristen Tate wrote a piece in The Hill. She's a good libertarian writer. And she talked about coming soon to the U.S. a social credit system, which would be like the Chinese system. And it's, uh, it's very chilling. What is social credit? Well, in a nutshell, and this is an, a Wired article in 2019, explains it really well, wired.co.uk. It basically, the concept is you expand the credit check that you would get for when you're going to buy a car or a house. Does the guy pay his bills on time? Does he make enough money in his job to pay for this house? Expand that to all aspects of life. So you don't judge just the ability of the person to pay, you judge certain aspects about their behavior uh, and their trustworthiness. Uh, did, did he do jaywalking? Uh, did he not pay his court bill? Uh, does he listen to music too loud on the train? And so what this is, is if this entirety of who you are violates what they believe, then you can lose your ability to get a plane ticket, get a train ticket, travel, go to a restaurant even, imagine that. So what it does though, the chilling part of it, is that it puts business surveillance together with government. The businesses do the surveillance and they report to the government and the government takes actions to, de to deny you of your rights uh, if, you, uh, if you do some of these things that the government decides are bad. And all of that is a long explanation to say we should play this clip yesterday because if this doesn't sound like it, I don't know what does. This is President Biden saying, hey governors, DeSantis and Abbott, if you won't introduce vaccine passports and restrict people from their rights, Step out of the way and let businesses do it and universities do it. Let's cue that up and just listen to this first, I think, 30-some seconds, 37 seconds of him. The of cases is particularly concentrated in states with low vaccination rates. Just two states, Florida and Texas, account for one-third of all new COVID-19 cases in the entire country. Just two states. Look, we need leadership from everyone. If some governors aren't willing to do the right thing to beat this pandemic, then they should allow businesses and universities who want to do the right thing to be able to do it. Allow the businesses and universities to do it. Yes. Straight to Abbott and DeSantis. You know, in a free society, there is a definite measurement of uh, economic uh, benefits and skills as well as social decorums because the, the people who become in charge in a free market are the customers, not big business, not yeah. government, and, uh, and not labor unions, not uh, armed force, not organized force supported by the government. It's by the consumer buying and selling, and this measures the uh, credibility of the individual. Once you get into this social credit stuff, um, it's, it's, a, it's an effort or a pretense that they can measure objectively uh, you know, how well people are doing, yeah. you know, how, how obedient the people are, how obedient the government is, or is the, is the uh, is, how, how obedient the businessman is. If the businessman is very obedient, uh, then all of a sudden his social credit score does pretty well and you get contracted. Yeah. A lot of that goes on already. You know, you, the, the people who, who lobby, I mean, you take the military uh, industrial complex. Did you ever, well, every once in a while you have somebody, but they won't be on TV. 
the military people get a job on TV and they're obedient to the bipartisan uh, beliefs that we should be uh, involved around the world and that it is our duty, uh, you, you know, to uh, police the world and have an empire. So th that's what they're trying to do. Uh, but in order to do that, they have to, uh, well, first decide who really owns you and owns your business. Uh, this, for this to work, the assumption has to be the government owns it. They own it, and it may be, or maybe you have your deed uh, uh, and, and papers that show that you own it, but you listen and do what the government says so real ownership doesn't ex exist because what is gained, what is, what is uh, sought is the... Uh, uh, is the total ownership and control and that's what they're doing and they're really this is the I, I say this there's been a lot of that for a long time yeah. I think that that's what interventionism was breeding you know the intervention was a little bit here and a little bit there and it, it built you, you know crony capitalism and corporatism and now it's getting much more aggressive and uh, and and they're quite capable of using force and violence in order to get their way and of course we've seen we've seen some of the violence already yeah. but that, because this is such uh, intimidation and a, a threat and, and violates everything about private property and free markets that uh, hopefully the people will wake up but the ultimate result is the consumer is going to suffer from this and already we have there's shortages already and prices are soaring and you will have all these problems but where the problem comes is uh, the consumer is waking up and wants something done but are they going to understand the real problem? And that's what we hope we can do is contribute to something to the understanding of why this happens. Because you can't wave a wand and get rid of the government. They have to understand uh, the, what kind of government you want. Because you'll, people will eventually get the government they want or help get rid of the one they have. Yeah. But, but right now, this is a step for uh, a long way in, in the wrong direction. And uh, just the whole idea that an article like this can be written. and identifying it that's yeah. why I think it's important they're identifying exactly what's going on here and uh, it certainly isn't the promotion of freedom it is and it's Julian you know this merger of the corporation with the state uh, with the intent of doing the political bidding of the state is probably the most terrifying development uh, that I've seen in, in decades but uh, but Kirsten Tate does a good job with this and here's something else is she, she's actually tracking about how this really is being implemented in the U.S. She mentions, and we've seen this too, PayPal announced a partnership with the Southern Poverty Law Center, an extremist left-wing group, uh, to investigate the role of white supremacists and other anti-government rhetoric on PayPal. So then you can't use PayPal. And, and, and this is also chilling. They, PayPal says it will collect information and share it with other financial firms and politicians. So you get blocked from these things. Facebook is taking similar measures uh, they have those things. Do you, do you, are you worried you might have extremist friends? Uh, they're blocking other uh, web giants, uh, and the UN has a database to block potential extremist content. The, the question is, well, so what if you go to the wrong church? Uh, what if you uh, have views like this that are absolutely nonviolent, but you, your views don't, don't merge with this merging sort of left-wing ideology? And, and, and Tate points it out pretty well that, um, that this could really be the end of your freedom here in the U.S. and it's
And, you know, from the very beginning, we were complaining about these vaccine passports. And, of course, it was suggested uh, because Bill Gates was around that he was going to inject these passports, which they're capable of doing and they might. But I don't think that's happening right now. But they are. They they do have vaccine passports and that's what it's all about. And they want to use it. And, uh, you know, it it reminds me of me being told by somebody, I think they came from uh, the Soviet Union, from Russia, and they were explaining this whole thing. They don't have the armed guards just sitting there when you don't do what you're supposed to do and haul you off to a prison. That'd be uh, too much trouble. But you obey yeah. because the government owns it and you do what you tell. Your social credits, the scores when they get too high, what they do is they deny your livelihood. You, the little bit of money you might get from a job, the job disappeared. Yeah. You, have, you don't own your apartment or your house. Then you're denied an apartment, a place to live. And, uh, and this is what they do. They take and they use economic pain and suffering. And that's, that, of course, has been used a long time. If you pay attention to what they do when they have a tax bill. The, the good guys are always protected. There's always, I mean, just look at how the very, very wealthy, you know, every once in a while you see the article. Do you know that they have this? Uh, and, and big companies don't pay anything. Well, that gets my attention. But what I don't like about that is they say successful people are at fault. <laughs> but, yeah. but maybe they're successful because they're partners with government. And that's what we're seeing. The trillionaires, I don't think you become a trillionaire without a, with, well, without a federal reserve system and an appropriation system where they're on contracts, just the social media, uh, pretty close association with the government. Yeah, that's true. And the, you know, look at the, the blue states. You have Cuomo, who's got his own problems. We won't talk about those today. <laughs> but he was all, all for it. He said, you know, businesses, you need to put in a vaccine passport on your customers and your employees. Uh, you have to be able to prove that you've taken these shots to, to do that. Nothing said about natural immunity, of course. But so you have blue state governor like him doing it. But then you have some resistance in Texas and Florida and a few other places. You can't have that resistance because people got so much mileage uh, uh, earlier this year out of saying, well, gosh, look at Abbott opened up uh, Texas in March. Uh, uh, DeSantis did it way back in September of last year, and there wasn't this thing. This wasn't happening, and it shows that they were wrong. They can't have that this time, and I think that's why they're doubling down on this. You know, um, people say, and they listen to what we say, and say, yeah, that's true, we agree with you, but isn't it way too complex to even come up with a solution? And I would say no. I think the solution is rather simplistic, and that's what they hate. You know, just let the people, leave them alone. And the people are going to solve most of these problems. And that's the principle of responsibility and ownership. And in a free society, everybody's responsible. But people say, yes, but where's their safety net? <laughs> well, it doesn't come from the government. The government introduces this notion that they have to expand whatever they're doing. They call it the safety net, but all they're expanding is more control over the people and making things worse. So right now, we've gone through decades of living way beyond our means on borrowed money. The last, the last 10 years has been unbelievable about what we've run up on deficits and, and the, uh, the creation of, of new money. And now we're seeing the consequence of it. And now we're going to see a lot more of this activity. People will, uh, you know, I hope our numbers keep growing, but there will be a lot of people who will say, yes, this, this, is, uh, this is what we have to do. We have to get control. And, uh, and that's why uh, we, we support, uh, you know, the cultural Marxists because they care about, they care about what's happening to us. Well, if they, if they care about what's happening to the average person, they have to look in the direction of more freedom and less government. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the mantra has been follow the experts, trust the experts, follow the experts. But the question I, has, I have is what happens when the experts are literally insane? Uh, and that's a real danger. And in fact, let's do this next clip because I think this would be the definition of an expert who is completely insane. This is Francis Collins. He's the director of the U.S. National Institutes of Health, an extremely powerful position. Here's what he said on CNN yesterday. Quote, at home, parents of unvaccinated kids should be thoughtful about this, and the recommendation is to wear masks there as well. I know it seems weird, but this is the best way to protect your kids. Wear a mask alone at home with your kids. What's this word weird mean? That's so soft. That sounds like... He's a little bit different, uh, you know, he, he uh, has a minor problem. No, this is insanity, yeah. and it's a serious problem. But this whole thing that is a little weird, it's more than weird, it's psychotic. Yeah. It's uh, maybe not the individual himself, but the principle, the social principle here is psychosis because they have broken with reality. And, and then they go home and don't be around your children. That reminds me of the story, I think we mentioned this once, is where, I guess it was in the, uh, uh, the, uh, in England, where they took the child away from the mother at birth yeah. because they wanted to test it for COVID. And, and the argument was, the government owns your child, and we have an obligation to make sure that a child's taken care of and doesn't get ill, and we need to do some testing on it. So th that, that is, that's where the problems start at birth, and this whole thing about birth certificates. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet, but is the whole thing is they'd put me out of business. I would never be able to sign a birth certificate <laughs> because you wouldn't be allowed to say, what well, did you deliver a boy or you deliver a girl? No, you, deliver, you delivered a, a, a question mark. Question, we'll, we'll decide later on, you know. <laughs> Whether you have a boy or girl, yeah. that would take all or, all the fun out of going out to see the parents of mm -hmm. a new child and say, you've had a baby boy or something. No, yeah, well, you had this baby, but we can't say anything more. That yeah. The rest is a secret. You're going to have to figure it out. And maybe when they're 21, you can tell them yeah. what they are. <laughs> or when they're six, insanity, you'll give them drugs. Yeah. You know? But I think you also had a story from Australia that was similarly insane. Maybe it's, it's under there that uh, the Australian authorities said grandparents should not uh should not visit their grandkids yeah this is the whole thing that uh the the uh the, the children the children are the safest thing you can do and they would probably at the most if they have a virus in their system they'll probably spread immunity mm. <laughs> without them being sick and uh so the, the australian health officials warns of warn stay, stay away from your grand grandkids can you imagine that? Well, that's another great story because I'll tell you what, that is not easily done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the affection between uh, parents and children and grandparents and grandchildren, it's pretty strong. I mean, I, I witness as I see it, I've, I saw it in the medical practice, I see it in the family, and that, uh, that, uh, that combination of bringing them together is pretty strong. For them, for the governor to come, again, come across here and warns of grandparents that uh, you, you, you can't be with your children, don't go anywhere near your grandkids. I mean, Sick. that's that's psychotic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, there is something that rarely happens that has happened, and that's that one of these hysterics or someone that's been very, very wrong apologizes. And that's what the, our next story is. And this is uh, Julian Reichelt. He is the editor-in-chief of Bild, which is the top newspaper in Germany and in, the, and in Europe, in fact. Uh, and he delivered an apology 
to his readers. And I want to read a little bit of this. He apologized because of the terrorization of children over the past year of his own newspaper's coverage of the COVID. And listen to this, Dr. Paul. This is so rare. To the millions of children in this country for whom our society is responsible, I want to express here what neither our government nor our chancellor dares to tell you. We ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for this policy which for a year and a half has made you victims of violence, neglect, isolation, and loneliness. We persuaded our children that they were going to murder their grandma if they dared to be what they are, children, or if they met their friends. None of this has been scientifically proven. Uh, really an incredible statement. It goes on uh, to talk more about this, but an apology for the way they've handled I would love to see some of our media do yeah, some of that. Th this to me is so rare, especially in politics, and uh, this is a form of politics. The fact that he did this is very good. It, it, it also refreshes our memory about what journalism is all about. Yes. If you ever find a profession that should be nonpartisan, that should be journalists, you know, and it's conceivable that they would have their personal opinion. I think they're capable, uh, you know, of setting them aside. I, I think physicians have to do this because you might have personal opinion, but uh, most doctors are trained. You take care of the patient and you don't get any of, any of that side mixed up because, oh, what, what, a, what, kind, of a pro, what kind of a person is this? Should I really treat them and this sort of thing. So I think on, on a journalist uh, uh, is capable of doing this. And of course, history, we, we are very much aware of some of the great journalists. And someday we can list those people because they're still around. We have a few that are supporters of our program, what's yeah. going on now. And, they're, and, and the whole idea is if you want an investigation, should you have, have another investigation by the government? I've, I came to the conclusion that government investigations are there for uh, cover-ups, you know, and who's going to get blamed for what went wrong it has nothing to do with seeking truth. So the good journalist is, should, should be uh, admired and, and, and encouraged, but uh, it probably um, is a reflection of their educational system. I would suspect that whether it's a, a university or, or if, even if it's the uh, issue of law, because a lot of them are lawyers, that, that what they're taught there, and, and they end up with a system of relative ethics and saying, you know, the message is much important. You're going to save the world. You can't, you know, try and, and pick and choose and decide. Matter of fact, Marxism teaches you don't, you, they, don't they don't just say, you shouldn't try to figure out what is right and true. It doesn't exist. They actually have this belief that you can't find out what the truth is. And the truth is you look to, you look to the truth from the government. Yeah. And when you read this punishment you get, that's, that's sort of a Marxist idea. You look to the government for figuring out what is right and what is wrong. So unless that is addressed, but journalism, and this guy must be a journalist. Yeah, a real one, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the most powerful things that I've read in a long time comes from someone that we both know, some better than others, but it comes from an article written, published today by Senator Rand Paul. And I think it is absolutely tremendous. Uh, he, the first word is resist. Uh, and the title is, Mask mandates and lockdowns from petty tyrants, nope, not again, choose freedom. But he doesn't just, he doesn't just get out there and say, hey, you guys, you guys go take care of this, you guys take it down. No, he talks about what he specifically is going to do to resist this. First of all, he says to Speaker Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We all have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. 
and we will not be forced into random screening and testing so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. Those are strong words. He also warned President Biden, if you try to, to shut down the federal government again, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come to work. Uh, and on and on he goes. Uh, he talks about how uh, the specific stands that he's going to take to block this with amendments. He says he's going to put in an amendment to any bill. If the school system attempts to keep the children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of whether, where their money goes for their child's education. Very good words, very strong words, and really, you know, super proud of what he had to say. Next time I see him, I'm going to tell him what a good job he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. It, and, you know, making these points, somebody say, well, you're whistling in the wind, you know, what, what good is that? I think it does a lot of good yeah. because the statement has to be made because that's, what, that's the way you sort out of all of a sudden how many people will there say, you know, that's what I believe. I had a little bit of that during, during the debates that uh, the support for speaking out like that was much greater than anybody else ever dreamed or yeah. anything I ever dreamed, but, they, but it's there. So the statement has to be made, and then that gives people, you know, more encouragement, and people will speak out. That's the way a movement starts. Yeah. It's usually somebody out there speaking the truth, whether it's this journalist or whether it's a, a, a senator or a congressman or anybody, a good teacher someplace. It's always available. And, uh, you know, I um, have a lot of people come to me and they say, well, I agree with that. So what do I do? How can I run for Congress and be a congressman? <laughs> My first statement is don't do it. <laughs> what you better do is find out what you really believe in and find out the best vehicle. So no matter where these individuals are, no matter what they do, matter of fact, if it's just talking to other people, you can always spread a message by example, not by uh, force or intimidation or threatening somebody uh, to, well, you, you can't do that. You're a bunch of idiots because you don't agree with me. Yeah. No, I think I, that's a great statement, and uh, I, I, I encourage you. Yeah, <laughs> and you can read this article at ronpaulinstitute.org website. You can read the whole article. What I really like about it, I said in the beginning, I want to reiterate because I think it's so important. He didn't get out there and say, here's what you guys need to do to get your freedom back. He said, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the powers that I have in this office, and here's what I'm going to do to help things along. The rest is up to you, and I think that's great. And I want to close with a couple of clips if we're ready to Go move ahead. it on out. And this is just to... Give another example. I mean, I do think a picture is worth a thousand words. If lockdowns work, and we're told that Biden is considering some kind of a lockdown, let's look at this next clip, if we can. Here is Sydney. Look at that point. This is hospitalizations, ICU, non-ICU, and ICU ventilated. That arrow is where they instituted a lockdown. To the right of the arrow are increases in hospitalizations. The lockdowns obviously have not worked well. And in fact, look at the Jerusalem Post, this next article. Uh, I almost present this with no comment because it's interesting. Israel is one of the most heavily vaccinated countries in the world. Very, very high level of, of vaccination. And now from the Jerusalem Post, the cabinet approves new restrictions and considers another lockdown in Israel because of rising cases. And I don't know the answer to that, but it is very uh, puzzling and alarming when a, when a country, an area has such a high level of vaccination yet such seemingly out-of-control infections with the virus. I don't understand it. 
Well, any problem that we, we look at, whether it's in foreign policy, and, and right now our foreign policy is deteriorating as far as I'm concerned, it's not like there are a lot of troop movements, but there's a lot of a bad idea movements and a lot of interference with our government. And the bad part there is very bipartisan. And, no, and Republicans don't complain about uh, how many troops we have around the world. But, you, you know, it, it's not complicated. And it's just amazing to me that people give up on a more peaceful solution to our problem and fall into the trap of a politician and the bureaucrats who promise, I'm going to take care of you. You get a voucher. I'm going to keep you well. You just follow all your rules. And they will use force and, and violations and threats, violence. They'll use it and threat. And people go along with it because they're at this comfort level that, yeah, somebody's going to take care of me, take care of me. Well, they need to wake up and find out that they're not capable of taking care of people. The only, the, the only job that individuals have that represent us is to make sure that we have enough liberty for us to take care of ourselves and operate on our own because uh, the governments uh, are notoriously uh, failing at just about everything they do. For, for thousands of years, they've always been in charge of the monetary system. In most monetary systems, even if it starts with gold, they end up in fiat. And now, you know, and that was one of the uh, first things that we did in this country. Uh, and it's been going on for years now with the Federal Reserve System. And that's part of the problems we're here facing in this country uh, in, in the economy. But uh, what do they reject? They say, yeah, that's fine saying that. Well, what do you do? Well, what about... Uh, how do, how do you do it with your family and friends and, and uh, you're having a party or something? Don't you do things in a polite, voluntary way? Volunteerism is a great thing. And a lot of people know about it and they do it. They have organizations. They still exist. But they don't understand the principle of this is voluntary. If you don't like it, you don't have to come. It isn't the government that's going to have a scorecard for you mm. and say, oh, oh yeah, there's a, uh, you know, uh, you get a negative for this. And you don't even have to keep credit. People will give you credit because uh, the marketplace of ideas is, is controlled and it determines price and everything else and the, and the success of people. And uh, I, I think volunteerism is, is the method where you try to persuade people. Persuading people is fine and dandy. And you do this by setting an example. That's the biggest problem is getting people to, to try to give up on the authoritarianism of government using persuasion and volunteerism. And they have to have more confidence in that. You know, I have a lot of confidence in it. And they say, you shouldn't. Look at the mess we have. They gave us the Constitution. Look at it. It's not because there was an effort made with the Constitution. There were shortcomings in the Constitution. But there's also been shortcomings in the people who decided to look for a free lunch, which is human nature, unfortunately. What we have to have is an introduction or a reintroduction of the notion of self-reliance and self-responsibility and a willingness uh, to uh, do things in a voluntary manner and give up on this whole idea that we can make a better world because we know what a better world will be and we have a moral obligation to use force. Just look around every single day on the government's use of force to make us better people, safer people, and healthier. It doesn't work. Freedom does work, and that's why we are strong believers in freedom, and uh, we are very thankful we get the support from so many of you that come and visit us and, and view our programs. And uh, the Ron Paul Liberty Report, uh, of course, comes out every day, and we invite you to come back soon.